0: Well, just hard. I'm not a mistake.
1: you always have powers. No, know why you cry. I'm to make them an offer now. Yeah. It must have been one hell of a night. We're about to get him, uh,
0: All right. Uno, dos, tres, guacho. All right. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Bring Us the Movies. My name is Eric, and I'm here with Mark, as always. Mm-hmm. Um We have a pretty fun, chill episode planned today. Yeah. We're just going to be talking about uh, some movie news, nothing too crazy, just some Netflix stuff. And, uh, we wanted to highlight, uh, a new up and coming filmmaker. Um, we're going to talk about Sabotage, a very obscure Hitchcock movie.
1: Though not necessarily when you think about it one way, yeah. we'll yeah. get to
0: that. <laughs> um, and then we're going to end it with, uh, just what we've been watching. So yeah. No Q and a, uh, for this episode, but you no, know, um, uh, still going to have fun nonetheless.
1: Yeah. Works for me. Works for me. So, uh, First one of movie news, Netflix just dropped a trailer for their upcoming 2023 Jam-packed releases. Trailer. Yeah, big one. I literally
0: jammed because they played Lonas is.
1: I think yeah. there were like like Disney Marvel trailers that were shorter than this freaking thing. It was intense. Yeah, a lot of movies.
0: A lot of, a lot of movies coming to Netflix this year.
1: A lot of movies and, and uh, save the dates. I yeah, think that's save what the they dates. named the trailer. Yeah, I'm surprised that like they expect us to like catch on to the idea that like We're just that we people still pay attention to what days are coming back and forth because like a Netflix movie can come and go at any minute. Like these movies might not be here two years from now, for all we know, which frightens me. But it's also kind of funny to see them, to see Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime just play play. Play uh, handball with Spider-Man Two, and that always makes me laugh. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I say I did the Spider-Man joke of the of the episode for us, so, God, so Eric couldn't. I, I beat Eric to it.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, it's 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 okay. <laughs> some some episodes Kenny doesn't have to die in South Park. So some, and likewise, some episodes Eric doesn't have to be the one to make a Spider-Man joke. Yeah,
0: true. I'm um, in what, a row. One one of these episodes is gonna be Spider-Man Two. Yeah, just, you know, it's we have be, to. Yeah, it's going to be a very special episode when I
1: have. I was so. thinking about doing like, like, because there was that idea a while back. Like, what if for our birthdays we did like our favorite movie and our mm-hmm. least favorite movie, and like uh, we could compare it? Like, you said Transformers Five was your least favorite, and like we could do like a like a back respect between like Spider Man Two and Transformers Five. Like that could be cool, but we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So uh, Netflix, they released yeah, a, a couple of, a lot of
0: movies. Are, is there anything on them that you're like? Gonna
1: save the date for um, Killer by David Fincher definitely looks like the most interesting thing on there to me. Uh, David Fincher is one of my favorite like like high like high level directors working in Hollywood today. David. He still makes original stuff. Not all what's great like i don't i actually i actually hated his his most recent movie mank
0: which I believe
1: which yeah I remember
0: to, you like really not like no
1: him. i just it was it's not that it was boring it's just that like <laughs> it, it which it was for the record but the problem is it's more about the fact that his his vision wasn't specific enough in like in like what he was trying to achieve because like in the social network and in fight club and in gone girl you see like his he, he has a he has a point to make about these these twisted characters and their mm-hmm. and their and their psychology but i don't really see what the point of highlighting the guy who who did a few drafts of the most important movie ever made and then did some cocktail parties and just rambled on at some of them like that's not interesting to me i prefer seeing the idea of making behind the the script writing but I am excited for the killer this year because it looks like he's definitely like t- stepped up back, stepped back up to the suspense thriller genre, which is yeah, my he favorite wearing, of
0: his. Like, he kind of specializes in stuff like Panic Room, Zodiac, Gone uh, Girl, Gone Girl. Yeah, he's Star. awesome. Uh, just, man, so, like you're watching this from like just r- riveting stuff.
1: Absolutely, so, yeah. I, I didn't mean to trash talk you for two minutes straight there, <laughs> Finch. <Fincheries. laughs> no, he has,
0: Like almost all his other stuff is great
1: you gotta understand alien three including no i'm just kidding yeah no actually i think mank is better than alien worse than alien three believe it or not i mean i haven't
0: seen alien three but i've just heard things
1: i have seen a little bit of it it looks kind of depressing doesn't
0: he doesn't even claim it does he no
1: he doesn't like it because it got like the studio meddled with it of course which happens all the time but it's like wasn't that
0: his first feature? yeah
1: he had been doing like madonna music videos before then. that was his first like step up to bat. But he, he reclaimed himself with Seven oh, yeah. he, he right did, afterwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, did he? did Seven? Yeah, he did Seven Holy and then he did crap. Fight Club. Those were like his people. Those are the ones that got people's attention on him. Yeah,
0: I forgot I forgot Seven was one of those
1: Sevens. For crazy. Oh my yeah. goodness. I saw my girlfriend a while back. She was actually, it was her idea. And really? Yeah, which, which she loves that movie and I do too. It's just, yeah. but it was intense. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> they, they make a joke. Ju- Edward Norton actually did that like did a similar joke to What's in the Box in Glass Onion that I always laugh at. But um, what uh, what movies are you interested in from the Netflix trailer?
0: Huh? I and I'm interested in You People. Um, yeah, with with Jonah Hill and, and Eddie Murphy. Like Eddie Murphy, obviously, we all know he's a comedic like genius. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonah Hill has proved himself to be a pretty dang good actor and filmmaker, he's just like Jonah Hill's really good like I've I've slept on him for years I'm like man Jonah Hill he's he's got some good stuff going um and then what what was that Zack Snyder movie on there it was a rebel moon I think yeah that looked pretty interesting it looked interesting Um, yeah whatever that uh, damsel that movie with uh with uh Millie Bobby Brown yeah it could be cool not really sure like what a lot of these movies are about just because a lot of like what i saw was just simply like some little snippets from the trailer but yeah i mean they there's some stuff that i felt could be interesting i don't watch a whole lot of netflix movies but i hear a lot of them are pretty good so i want to try to actually you know watch a bunch of those this year
1: absolutely yeah and as long as they do continue to at least allow some artists to give some to get to to provide their own creative feedback as long as they keep the production balanced and not too Controlling, not too yeah. demanding. I think they can make good stuff. I, it does sadden me a little bit that like they've gone on the the route of soon adding ads to the to the um to to their platform and how they don't treat their creators with as much compensation. Do Did they have ads? I think they were discussing it, but uh, it was supposed to come out this December, this previous December. But man, I was shocked it. Really like, man, they
0: have, they were so good, they were like top dog, and now they're like bottom of the barrel almost. It's yeah, insane. it's it's
1: a it's a lot, but um, yeah, it, it was it was still you know I'm I'm glad that there's at least being content being made. It, it was, I'm not I'm not saying that to like be like an overly optimistic Nancy. Like like I, I like whenever somebody says negative Nancy, I reclaim it with uh, positive Patricia. So I hate positive to be a positive Patricia. Patricia, but but I I do you know I, I am at least glad that there's stuff being made as, as yeah. which will hopefully you know All grow stream, the industry, which
0: is like big these days because a lot of people just watch stuff from home these days exactly which is you know understandable yeah in this in this climate but <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: and uh yeah it's it seems like it would be they would be it would be a good environment for it now post-covid and stuff people yeah. to stream stuff but speaking of stuff that's not on streaming sabotage by Alfred hitchcock why don't yes. you introduce it it was your pick this week
0: yeah um so i i remember um Listening back to the episode from uh, last, like our last episode, we were talking about El Mariachi. Uh, towards the end, you mentioned uh, Hitchcock, and it made me think. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll go to Hitchcock movie because uh, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of his filmography, and I want to watch more of it. But you know, from what I have seen, that being um, Psycho, and I've seen a bit of The Birds, which I really uh, liked. Um,
1: they do. They yeah. do suspicious suspicion he did do him? suspicion yeah he's yeah. done a couple of those yeah, like, like so like movies. from what I've,
0: I've seen of his he has some good stuff and i was like oh, i'll do something by him so i you know took the hbo max just looking for his movies and i saw sabotage and um i didn't really know much about the movie but it seemed like interesting and it was like a short little movie so i was like oh yeah, a simple little uh hitchcock film
1: he doesn't do simple is a problem yeah like he, he his his musical composer was bernard herman Bernard Herman you do not get simple with a man like Bernard Herman because that man is a genius and a master of his craft he wasn't in this movie so it's not really relevant but my point right. is yeah. Alfred Hitchcock he does not does not do simple yeah you've got what you do I'm, not I'm, get I'm
0: learning that for. <laughs> um, but yeah so I you know I was like yeah well I'll do Sabotage I don't really know much about this movie and uh watched it and it was pretty damn good mm-hmm. like it, it held up to like what Hitchcock is, is known for and that's suspense
1: yeah and like was, he was making this at during the height of the the great depression and the rise of the, of the yeah. second world war so like you could feel like the the angst that was permeating in his in his uh his theatrics and his you know his tone at the time like most people know hitchcock for his dark thrillers, which were, which were mostly popular during the 1950s and 60s. But imagine that man in the middle of world war two, making a movie, like imagine how dark and just sinister his movies could be at the time. Problem was, there's a little thing called the Hayes production code, which was initiated in the, I believe 1933 or 32, which kind of like prevented a lot of films from being able to, to like it could be as creatively expressive with violence or yeah. sex or language or any of those kind of yeah, things because of standards of the yeah, time. Yeah,
0: a big part of like the movie going experience back in in that time was escapism. People didn't want to think about all the, the horrible stuff that was going on. So movies back then were really made for people to just like forget about everything for a bit. And so movies like this that really highlight a lot of that the the trouble that was going on at the time or like the violence and the the terrorism. It was just like, whoa, you know, like you you consider when this movie was made and you're like sitting here like, I can't believe this, you
1: know? Yeah. Like what was going through their heads when they were on the verge of a, of a economic collapse mixed in with the war, mixed in with the dust bowl, mixed in with all these things. And what, what gives it teeth, I think is the fact that, it doesn't want to just distract you for 2 ou- for an hour and 15 minutes with right. like a simple yeah, you know it's a very, story very short
0: watch yeah, but it but has it, a
1: lot to say it very brutal
0: yeah
1: which is why it which is why i think it has so much to say because the violence that hitchcock incorporates into his movies as mm-hmm. is, is very stylish and he says that, that stylishness comes from a fixation on the macabre you can definitely feel his influence in like Especially in sabotage, you can feel his influence with German Expressionism. Like he was one of the first directors to kind of bring over the like that the moody atmospherics of German Expressionist films like um, like uh, Nosferatu and uh, Doctor Caligari. He brought those over to America because he was able to incorporate their their teachings, which he had learned throughout like through traveling through Europe during the 1920s. He started as a silent film director, which is how he was yeah. so good at like embracing the the visual style and that's oh, what this absolutely. movie exudes like tell me what you think about the cinematography for a little bit
0: i thought it was pretty pretty good i I something that was like a bit weird though is when i was watching it i was like i had to do uh full screen like i couldn't do widescreen it's so weird I was, like, yeah. this, is, this isn't the way to experience this movie because oh, yeah. like, you know how hbo does that weird thing where it like switches between full screen and wide screen. Oh, I don't yeah. know if that's just me. But I was like, I'm not gonna do this. I switched to widescreen. I was like, okay, it's better. But I really, I really did like the cinematography. I like the, the more intimate shots with like certain mm-hmm. characters and like really highlighting their emotion, or even just like certain moments that like, like Hitchcock, he wants you to see this. Like, yeah. You know, where it's it's like what may seem apparent but it's like you know it's supposed to be that he's kind of, he's
1: kind of directing your attention throughout it like yeah. and he's like he's not like giving you like a comfortable ride you are like you're in it with these characters and it, right. he's he's like yep if that bomb's about to go off you got to watch and yeah. like you're stuck there with it the it's camera. like it's like when
0: i was like watching that scene in particular where, mm. with with the bomb i was just sitting there i was like looking for any source to tell me how much time he had cuz exactly. i was like i need a I need a clock or something i'm i'm nervous like, mm-hmm. i'm scared for for the, everyone
1: it's like the like, opening the to touch of evil in a way it's it's like all about like
0: like is, the idea is that the one with the the attack that happens like is that in the, the one beginning that's like the really long like take yep. yeah yeah i have seen orthodox. that when i saw that clip yeah it's it
1: the, the the old the old school style of these movies is often to like capture these like these like intricate long takes of like you know like like a bomb being repaired or like a or like a a gun being passed along or maybe like um, like some money that was stolen being shuffled through like mm. like hit, this is something we learned while we were watching psycho in like my last day at class at uh for american film history is that hitchcock likes to direct your attention towards things that just they seem like they don't really have any given meaning but like trust me it's like hitchcock no, like he's, he's loaded with subtext in his in his in his, in his, in his filmmaking so, like, even after, spoilers for Psycho, like, a 60-year-old movie, if when, after Marion Crane is killed, the camera
0: Dude, doesn't spoilers, focus. Spoilers, bro, come on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, like, after she's killed, like, immediately after the camera, like, follows away from her and just, like, zooms in on the, mo- the, the stolen money she has, as if it has any purpose left in the narrative, which it actually doesn't for the rest of the film. But somehow, the film just wants you to just, like, pay attention to it and, like, understand something subtextually about it that you have to form for yourself, that's yeah. what makes the details the, it may, not, the details yeah, so it may not play a role
0: later necessarily but it shows like yeah that's the whole reason she 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 got in this situation in the first place exactly
1: yeah, yeah. and Hitchcock know, like, Hitchcock is a master of directing where you need to pay attention to and like yeah. not giving you any breathing room it's a lot like Fincher actually in that way yeah Yeah.
0: from like the in, in talking about like a uh, this movie Sabotage it's like you think about like the film canisters you think about like all the the little things that like equate like like holy crap, like you know yeah it, in in the way the details like you it allows the characters to put things together as well or or it, and you know you see them find things out, and you're like it's it's interesting to see that play out yeah because of how much you already know because of how much he's able to tell you
1: he's he able to, to manipulate something. what who has yeah. what knowledge, and he's able to right. create suspense from that. And it's funny you mentioned the film canisters, actually, because what's amazing about this film is that every one of you has at least seen a clip of it, believe it or not. And I learned this because if you, I looked in the uh, special commentary on Wikipedia for this, like the, the fun facts, and actually, apparently, the scene where the kid get, tries to get on the bus, but he's almost denied because he has dangerous, flammable film canisters, that clip is used in *Inglorious Bastards in the scene where uh, Samuel L. Jackson narrates uh, and explains how... Like the Toshana Dreyfus plans to burn down the Nazi theater with with like a bunch of her film canisters. So what's it just it's it's so cool to me that you chose this movie because nobody knows about it. It's kind of obscure, yeah, and yet very... everybody has seen it a little bit of it, which is yeah. really cool to me. I never. That's that's the that's the magic of the movies in a way.
0: Yeah, and and, and like like you were saying, like the fact that this was even made at the time is like very. Honestly, it makes me like gotta give this guy props. It's like yeah. you were filmmakers who have balls like like Hitchcock and and a bunch of other people who aren't afraid to like tackle and stuff and push boundaries. Yeah, push boundaries. It's like, you know, one of the things you learn in filmmaking is that rules are meant to be broken. And yeah. that's something that a lot of great filmmakers do is they, they don't care they they can't help their, themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. That was a pretty good discussion on sabotage. Yeah.
0: If you guys haven't heard of this, which I don't know if you have or not, uh, I'll give it a watch, especially if you're a fan of Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, you can honestly is... probably find it on YouTube
1: because it's so old.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: But yeah, great movie. Uh, thanks for recommending it, Eric. You did a you did a good pick this time. Yep. All right. So, uh, finally, we have uh, some some discussion on what we've been watching lately. Would you like to go first, Eric? I think you got a good one yeah, for us. Sure. Um,
0: no movies for me this this time, but I. Um, I've been watching some TV and, uh, late, the latest thing, well, not the latest thing, but one of the la- latest things I've watched is The Last of Us, which you and I watched a bit of together. Mm. Um,
1: we both finished it afterwards.
0: Yeah. I am a huge fan of The Last of Us game. It's one of my favorite stories ever told in games. Probably one of my favorite stories ever. Yeah. Um, and when I found out that it was getting a show, I wasn't, like, ecstatic or anything. I was just like, yeah, I mean, okay. I'm going to watch it, obviously, it's since The Last of Us. But, uh, you know, then more and more details started coming out. It was like, uh, who's tied to it? Was like Neil Druckmann was, had a huge hand in it. Uh, Craig, Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl, which Chernobyl is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, a lot of... And then the casting with Pedro and, and Bella Ramsey. And it's just so much, like, information started coming. Good information started coming out. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is... This, this is looking to be pretty good because Neil Druckmann clearly cares a lot about this, this thing and he wants as many people to experience it as possible. So adapting this to TV, it wasn't just like, yeah, we're just going to make a quick buck off this, this popular title. It was, no, we're going to actually, we want to introduce this story, these characters, this world to a brand new audience as well as, you know, make something for the fans as well. And it does such a good job. The first episode, at least, of the show does such a good job of doing that. Where me, as a fan of the game, I'm satisfied. Newcomers, from what I've heard and seen, are on board with it. It, people are saying, like, it's breaking the video game the adaptation curse and all that, which Chris Stuckman actually put out a video about, about, like, the how he, he hates when people say that, and it's kind of true, but. Yeah. Granted, like it's it get, it's getting a lot of praise. I feel like it's it's definitely deserved, and hopefully the next few episodes. I think it's supposed to be nine more episodes. Hopefully, it, it can keep that going. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, the last was show. Watched that, loved it. Um, something that I watched today, uh, which is a complete shift. <laughs> <laughs> but something that I watched today because it came out today at the time I was recording. Um, that '90s show on Netflix. Which, nice. Um, I am actually a pretty big fan of that 70s show. Like, I watched all of it, including The Infamous last season, I guess, every episode I've seen. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it, I or I enjoyed it quite a bit. And so when I found out they were making that 90s show, I was like, sure, you know, but I didn't get my hopes up because we we all know how, you know, reboots. sitcom reboots go. Yeah. Like, they're usually not very good, like from, from Girl Meets World to Fuller House to... Uh, How I met your father? I Carly. They've all just like not been very good at all.
1: Don't ever do Arrested Development again. That was my. <laughs> lead. That was the one that 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 killed me. I yeah. hate.
0: I hated season four and five. Those yeah, they bad. just all they they suffer from this poor. I I don't know what it is, but they're just they 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 don't mm-hmm. hit the same as the originals. Yeah, and this show definitely doesn't. But it's. It's still very good in its own way. Yeah, it doesn't try too much to mimic the old show, which like when when the episode first started, I'll be real like the. It did that thing where you know the the old characters come on and they do the cheering and And I was like I was like I was rolling my eyes I was like it's gonna be one of those and then as I kept watching and they introduced like more characters and brought in more uh, old characters and you know they. And they had like their references, their their winks and nods, but they weren't in your face. Okay. It, it was very much focused on this is we're setting up this new story. And, you know, everything that happened before is still relevant, but it's not going to be we're not just going to rehash it. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be just a repeat. And also it's I loved, loved, loved the fact that this show is like in the 90s because it, it doesn't suffer from that that modern sitcom problem of oh my goodness like with the times all those referencing Fortnite and and tiktok oh my goodness that's the advantage of that 70s show too because that 70s show came out in the 90s and it was all about encapsulating the the 70s 70s. yeah and this show seems like it's going to be about encapsulating the 90s so Mm it's 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 got a a good thing going so far like i said i've only watched the first episode but i was really happy with it as someone who likes that 70s show
1: it's good yeah, and if you guys like this, that '70s show, also check out a movie that I've recently reappraised as um, as one I didn't get at first, but I do like. It's Dazed and Confused. It's another '90s thing that's trying to be the '70s. It's like it's like that '70s show, but like as, as a movie, and it's got like just the funniest
0: actors well, ever. I like really that's like a stoner comedy. Right
1: there. It's kind of a stoner comedy, kind of just a hangout comedy. It's uh-huh. it's about drinking and weed and. You know, hang out with your friends, listening to rock music, and just going to high school. It's, so it's the 70s, basically. Yeah, it's like, the, yeah, it's, that's what I said. It's, it's, it's that, like that 70s, that 70s movie. Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's a fun movie, yeah. Um, but uh, as for me, a movie that I've been seeing that lately that's all that's not Daisy Confused and therefore is not, unfortunately, the best thing ever, because that's what Daisy Confused is, mm-hmm. is um, The Standoff at Sparrow Creek. It's a film that Chris Stuckman actually uh, referenced in his Twitter account as a as sort of a, a new up-and-coming no-budget movie, which we talked about no-budget movies last week, like we said, with El Mariachi. Yeah. But this one is really, really impressive. Like, most low-budget movies that, like, start a good director's career, you're like, okay, I kind of appreciate this mostly. It's just like a, you know, like a cute little thing that got him started. No, like, this one is, like, actually really legit good. Like it's very minimal lighting using just like this, like controlled fluorescence that they use inside of a, a warehouse minimal locations. Cause it's just, it's, it's kind of like reservoir dogs, but like, mm-hmm. it's way more like intense and violent and political and just very, very like, s- like stark. Like it's about these, um, these militiamen who who like, are trying to debate which one of them is a, a, a killer of a cop funeral. Um, in this warehouse like like they, they've just been announced at a shooting and they're trying to figure out which one of them did it it's it's a lot like reservoir dogs like you know who's the killer kind of situation done it. but like it's very very good at like understanding you know like the the the, com- the complicated politics of of like you know like like modern like redneck culture it's very like like very dark it, it, it's very and it's I explained this to Eric on the way in. It's it's not based for the record. It's, it's, <laughs> it's more. It's actually more. In fact, it's actually kind of a commentary about that sort of that sort of stuff without getting too into it. But it's really good. Really suspenseful. I'm really impressed by like what but what they were able to do in such a modest budget. And I'd recommend anybody check it out. I'm thinking about maybe doing on doing it for my next uh, individual episode on the podcast because it's just. Awesome. Not uh,
0: maximum overdrive. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm...
1: I'm, I'm um, you, you took... I took your Spider-Man joke. You can take my <laughs> maximum overdrive joke.
0: Oh Yeah, no, no, to that, that's... Um, I feel like one of the best things you can do on, like, such a low budget is to have, like, a setting in which you're just like, forcing people together and... Yeah. You know,
1: just one the, setting. It's, yeah. It's, it's easier so that way. like 12
0: Anger Men and, and, and Reservoir Dogs. And yeah. Backward.
1: Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, just yeah, a, like, a just farmhouse.
0: People yeah. in a location they have to interact in some
1: way. It, it presents a challenge for the filmmaker too, because like you're, you you can not like just be expensive and huge and this yeah. big thing, like, like in, when you're forced to hanker down with like a small, small little thing, in a small little setting an idea, then you can actually show how creative you can be with just that, yeah. which impresses me. Yeah. All right. Um, this is about it for this episode. You say,
0: yeah, a uh, bit of a shorter one. Like I said no Q and A at the end, but no. uh, it's, it's, it's a good. Thursday afternoon. It's, and yeah, you know, we have. Well, I have homework. I don't know. I don't know if you've got on. You freaking graduate. You. Yeah,
1: I, I have <laughs> job interviews and work in, and work to real do. Life stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a living. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Next episode. I think we're doing a versus episode, right? Yeah. Did you
0: still want to do Yellow Submarine
1: or? Yeah, I want. To, I think the one we said we were going to do was Yellow Submarine versus Purple Rain to sort of abstract, sort of real, sort of not real. Uh, musicals, I guess. I don't even know what you could call these things. I mean, they are musicals, but yeah. like they're just not—they're not like a musical in the conventional sense by any means. Yeah. Like they're—and they're also amazing, like amazing films.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, be on the lookout for that. But uh, it's another episode of guess the Movies*. Yep. Yeah.
1: And we'd like to thank you all for watching.
0: And wish you all true and false. A very pleasant. Good evening.